It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel her in the room. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey! This week, we'll be discussing the horror new classic, Hereditary, starring Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, and some messed up kids. What can I tell you? Do you think it's strange that their son looks Indian? I thought he looked Middle Eastern. I wrote that down in my, uh, in my notes here. But it didn't appear a... to be a child of Gabriel Byrne or Tony Collette. Well, he's bl- he's black Irish, is what he is. That's no, not so no, much. I don't think so. That's how it works. Uh, yes, I I did notice that <laughs> that they all have very fair features except for their son. Exactly. That that raised no questions in the family. I mean, she had a wild night in Marrakesh 16 years ago, and the rest Not is history. Not in Bangkok in the world, your oyster. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, why don't you give us, <laughs> give us the quick uh, synopsis of Hereditary? Oh, my God. So, Hereditary, hey, a family of creatives. Yep. Uh, Mom makes these amazing dioramas while daughter makes these incredible assemblage products, both things that I'm totally into. Uh, and then you, re- you find out, you know, grandmother has passed away. Daughter gives the weirdest freaking lo- eulogy that anyone, it's like, why did you even go to the funeral? Right, no, I was thinking that too. Uh, very interesting. Uh we, we learn that there's massive mental illness in the family. Yep. Mom's weird. Kid's weird. Dad is removed. Dad reminds me of, like, every dad in every one of these horror movies where they're... You know what? He was like the dad in um, Sharp Objects. Did you watch Sharp Objects? I did not. Munchausen by proxy, baby. You gotta watch that biz. Where, where they like, like they see the, the 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 crazy going on and do nothing, like they're sheep, right? But, like somehow they're too afraid of the wife or yes. disrupting the status quo to do anything, including protecting their children. So anyway, weird things start happening. Is everyone crazy? Is everyone? I mean, is the heredity mental illness? Is that what this movie is about? Am I Could in the phone with Darth Vader? Because I, I'm hearing some labored breathing. Is that the coronavirus? It could be. <laughs> anyway, the the final the things keep happening. Uh, the daughter gets her head lopped off. Spoiler I, I alert! You, my whole stomach was in a knot for this entire movie. I yeah. thought it was it was a bang up job because you don't know. Is this mental illness or is this horror? And by the time you realize what's going on, it's like an M. Night Shyamalan ding dong uh, flipperoonie. <laughs> 
So uh, it turns a couple corners in this movie. Exactly. You're like, but I mean, honestly, almost even in, into the end, you could write this all off as insanity. Yes. Yes, you could. I mean, every bit of this, but unfortunately, the director has come out and, and said otherwise. So that that removes all doubt. Well, it's that thing where it's like, because it could be just crazy cultists, you know what I mean? But then it's clear at the end. Oh no, it's it's much more than just crazy people. It is like clearly there is something supernatural going on here. By the end, it becomes like like basically saw in the last like twenty minutes of the movie. It's like gross and scary and all sorts of stuff going on there. Like I said, this movie takes a lot of twists and turns. Now, did you, had you ever seen this before? I had never seen this before. But you heard good things about it. I had heard good things about it, but for some reason in my mind, it was, I don't know, maybe I'm confusing it with another movie. I heard something or I read something where it was like, it's when parents no longer view their children like like the protective instinct disappears or something so i never wanted to watch it then, right. then i was like this ain't nothing like that what the hell what the hell did i read that well okay i i saw this in the theater actually it's one of the few uh movies i saw i went with uh, megan and james like if there's a horror movie that pops up i'll i'll send it out the uh the family wire and I see think if I was in Europe or something when it came out. Something like that. But you do see there are those moments where it's clear that uh, Tony Collette, whose name, what was her character's name? Uh, she was ha- she was dealing with some stuff. Like literally, there's that weird dream sequence where she wakes up her son and just announces, "I never wanted to have you." In fact, I went out of my way to try to cause a miscarriage. Repeatedly, I did everything they said don't do, and I still had you. And it's a good thing I did. It was such a weird... It was like, wait a minute, what am I watching? And I'm not even sure that's a dream sequence. I think she said that. Well, she also said... She's a sleepwalker. Well, but then she woke up in bed. It was a weird... It was like, I'm asleep, I'm awake. No, I'm still asleep. It was one of those bizarro moments where it's like she's just announcing to her child yeah i never wanted you um it was very monster mother it was horrible not to mention not to mention uh she talked about how she used to sleepwalk and like woke up after like dousing herself and her children and what was it turpentine yeah or paint thinner paint or something. Paint thinner or turpentine highly flammable highly flammable and was about to like strike a match in fact, did strike a match, and it was the act of striking the match that woke her up and woke up her children, and they were not thrilled about it either. And never forgave her. Not, I can't say I blame them. Exactly. Okay, let's just jump right in and, and handle our biz. Let me, uh, let me just put a pause on that. And, please. and once again, where's the dad who is, in fact, like a psychologist? Is that what he does? It was hard to know what his career... He had an office. Now, I will tell you, I'm a cheater, so I looked it up. So, yeah, he's a counselor. You're a che- <laughs> It's allowed. This isn't like a final exam or something. But I looked up so, some, uh, some stuff, and uh, basically they're like, oh, yeah, dad's a counselor. I'm like, oh, 
What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Basically, okay, Annie, who's Tony Collette, is bizarre. She's strange and difficult. And you're right. Her husband's like, I- I'm just not going to get involved. The path of least resistance. Occasionally he goes, that's enough, Annie. With his Irish accent. That's enough, Annie. <laughs> Poor Gabriel Pete, Bird. Pete, he used stop to be talking. A, he used to be a hot ticket. What, 40 years ago? Maybe. Something like that. Uh, okay, so, so you've got Tony Collette is Annie, married to her much older husband, Steve. Uh, they have two are they, children. Are they much older? I looked at, he's 22 years older than she is. Oh, you mean in real life? I'm assuming also in the world of the movie, although I didn't see the, the birth certificates or anything. Okay. Uh, they have two children. They have, uh, what, 15-year-old, 16-year-old Pete, uh, who's of Middle Eastern descent <laughs> for some reason. I kept uh, waiting for it to, to have an explanation about where they adopted him. The, the shoe drops yes. there. Uh, then you have Millie. Does Mill is Millie kind of special needs or what's oh, yeah. the story? She's got some chromosomes. Or Charlie. Charlie. Charlie is her name. Yeah. The actress's name is Millie Shapiro. Yeah. And but... she has, in fact, a disease called Shapiro's disease. Is that true? Yes. I go I, I, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, there's some chromosome biz going on. I can't I can't tell you much of, about the disease, but she got it and uh, she looks she looks uh different now that she's older i'm just telling you different in what way a better way but she's kind of grown into her features yeah, exactly okay uh but you can tell something's going she's like what do you say 13 maybe yeah give or well, take she's in high school is she in high school yeah because that's why mom well mom is making uh the 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 brother take her to the parties to meet people to make her more social because she is weird, not just physically. There's there's something going on. You're right. She does a lot of uh, kind of making toys out of junk, right? Kind of thing called, going on there. It, it's technically called assemblage. Interesting. I, Very interesting. I tried to get people here to do that with me because you know I'm a hoarder, so you have to have all this little weird nickety knackety stuff to put it together. You know, band aid boxes and lids and. But I'm always fascinated by that stuff. But everybody here was always like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I little, mean, I little, wasn't cutting birds' heads off with scissors. That, that's, well, why not yet. To, that's why nobody wants to play with her. I'm not going <laughs> hanging out with a girl with birds' heads in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you knew something was wrong from Jump Street with her. Yeah. You thought she was just kind of odd. But you're right. She's in class earlier in the movie. And a bird smashes into the window of her classroom. And later, I guess during recess or whatever, she rolls out there, steals scissors off her teacher's desk and cuts the head off this pigeon and puts the the head in her pocket. I kept thinking, those must be the sharpest scissors in the world. It was snip, snip. No, she was applying pressure like sawing at it, actually. You're wrong. Oh, oh my God. I was like, I wish, it, I wish it was like, blink, but it, there was some dig in there. Charlie, something's wrong with Charlie on, ma- on many levels. So Charlie, let me describe Charlie's character. Charlie's character, it's almost like 
I can't tell. It's like an abused, neglected child slash autism. She's always got the hunched shoulder. She's not making eye t- contact. It's like she's a stranger in a strange land. She's always right. set back. She's not making eye contact. She has no human interaction with anyone besides her family. And that is a forced interaction every time. Right. The mom forces the interaction on the child, basically. She looks like she's uh, abused or neglected. So when the movie starts, uh, Annie, Tony Collette's mom, who she's had a contentious relationship, has recently died. And it's like you say, it's the worst eulogy you've ever heard. Uh, she goes up in front of everybody and she's just like, it's interesting to see so many strange new people here. Yeah. Stra- I, I, maybe not describe them as strange. Maybe just say new. Leave it at that. Uh, and it's a lot of like, uh, you know, she was manipulative. Secretive. Like, you, couldn't, right. you couldn't ask her questions. I'm like, what, what is this? I, I, maybe don't give the eulogy. If you're going to like, like, uh, bearing of the grievances. How don't even have a funeral? <laughs> you definitely do that as well. Uh, good grief. So, and nobody's particularly sad that grandma died. Like nobody There's, is. Like literally at one point. No one's weeping. Go ahead. No one's weeping. Annie literally says to her husband, should I feel more sad? You know, uh, uh, Gabriel Burton goes talk to her, said, how you doing, Pete? And he's like. Yeah, I'm okay, I guess. I mean, are you sad about grandma? Mm, uh, like, no one really cares. No one really cares. They, I read or I remembered at one point, because grandma had to move in with them because she was had dementia or whatever, that the father had to have a no-contact order. He was the only person who was going to have contact, at least not the mom. Because because right. it was it was so negative, right? It was it was a bad scene, to say right. the least. I mean, and later Tony Collette goes to a grief counseling uh, session, and she rattles out basically her entire family's history of mental illness, or so we or think. so we think. Like her mother, uh, her, DID. That's multiple personality. Yes. Disassociative identity disorder. So, I, I would have liked to hear more about that because obviously uh, so, it's not that that she has DID, but spoiler alert: obviously possession, it's possession or channeling uh, these demonic right. spirits. Her father uh, died by starvation. Like he, he basically just refused to eat until he died, which I'm not sure that's how it works. I mean, I mean, I, guess if it's left untreated, I, I mean, have you not seen the death camps at Auschwitz? I, no, I, no, no, no. I believe it I, is I, you can die. To to you can die of starvation in a modern society. However, typically you would, I don't know, call a hospital. You do something and they would feed Absolutely. him. Absolutely. They would force feed him. Right. If, it, it, if like I said, was alerted. That's right. If you were just like, starve yourself, I don't care, and you just close the door, yes, eventually a person will starve yes. to death. Uh, so that's what happened to her father. Her brother, also named Charlie, spoiler alert, perhaps, uh, was schizophrenic, allegedly, 
and hung himself when he was 16, claiming that his mother, the grandmother, had tried to put uh, like another spirit in him or another uh, person in his body or something along those uh-huh. lines. Yeah, they claim so he's paranoid schizophrenic. Right. So this is this is the the reoccurring thing that's going on right Quite here. frankly, with that if you believe there's that much mental illness in your family, why are you having kids? Why are you having kids? If like er- three generations are just out of their freaking minds. Why are you why are you having kids? Well, I mean, what do you do? Do you just like go into a monastery or live no. on a mountaintop by yourself? Yeah, you, you, you get the tubes tied and adopt some babies or something. I mean, subject them to your mental illness only. You don't have kids. <laughs> At that point, kids become a vanity. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh Annie, like you said, does these dioramas. They're basically like little uh, houses, little apartments, little rooms that she spends hours decorating. But she's obviously like a renowned artist. Absolutely. There is like, there's a gallery opening that she's going to be showing all of her work. They're calling, are you going to be ready in six months? Ba-ba-ba. Oh my God. So I'm breaking in. I love dioramas so much. I, I, I went to the Biennale in Venice one time and there was this whole room of dioramas. They were like built into the wall. So you're like looking at them like they're pictures. Mm-hmm. And it was all a series of plane crashes. So it was plane oh crashes. God. There was like bodies floating in rivers. They had tiny little vultures everywhere. It was insane. It was plane crashes, train crashes, automobile accidents. It was the most insane, intricate thing you ever saw in your life. Sweet Jesus. It was amazing. Uh, But her dioramas at first appear kind of like neutral, if you will. But then as you look closer, you see these are moments from her life. Obviously from her life. One of them that she turned around that if you look at close, because she had basically said, that her mom, that she wouldn't let her mom anywhere near Peter as a baby. Right. Like, totally shut her out of her life during that time. So that when she had Charlie a few years later, she felt so guilty about shutting the mom out that she essentially just gave Charlie to the mom, to the point where, or to the grandmother, to the point where she was the only one who could feed the baby. Like in one of those dioramas, you look. It is literally Tony Collette try, like breastfeeding a baby, and you see the grandmother pulling her boob out yeah. to try to feed the baby. It was a weird, I'm like, this is a diorama that's going into the gallery. Grandma wanted the baby and wanted to be able to breastfeed it. So the question is what's the switch? <laughs> what what is it that one minute the, the 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 boy has to be completely kept away and then the next minute you just give your other child over basically I basically mean, that's what's un- happening unexplained 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 um it's it is the craziest situation you never meet the grandma really in this movie no. she's already dead so it's all just kind of stories. Stories and photographs. Stories and photographs. Or, um, or until when we never see her speaking or moving. <laughs> that is correct. We're getting very careful about what we're saying. Uh, so about halfway through the movie, Pete basically is just a stoner. 
Stoner loser stays in his room all day. He's up. He is medicated, man. You'd be doing something too. I don't understand why he doesn't freaking run away. Help me, counsel the school counselor. I got. I. I would if that child came to me. Quite frankly, when I see kids that jacked up, I'm either calling home or I'm calling CPS. Something you do something. Hello, teachers. There were mandated uh, informers or whatever, yeah, right? It, maybe not in this crazy state, wherever it is. It's filmed in Utah. So there you go. Is that Utah? Yeah. Utah. I, beautiful country. I, I assumed Utah is just scorched earth. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah, scorched earth. Uh, anyway, that's like Nevada. Nevada <laughs> scorched earth. Uh, anyway, so... Charlie's doing her crazy things. She's like, also, you see her in class, clearly not paying attention, uh, building uh, toys out of junk, cutting the heads off of birds. And Charlie does this thing where she goes just spontaneously for no reason. She makes that clicking sound. See, I always thought she did it like, hmm, like she was observing or thinking something. And then she makes that click like, huh. It could be. In my mind, it was like a, huh. Charlie, to me, was just totally opaque. Like, you couldn't look and see any kind of motivation, anything. She was, like, just this clean slate. Yeah. So who knows? It's entirely possible that there was, uh, oh, I'm no jinkies. There's, I'm noticing something. I'm going to make the weird. Jinkies? <laughs> jinkies, guy. What is a Scooby-Doo? Where are you? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so halfway through the movie, not even half, about a quarter of the way through the movie. Pete's like, I want to go to a party with some fun, with some buddies. We're going to get high. We're going to be drinking, doing all those things. The mom basically insists that he bring his sister along. Which could even- either be your sister needs to interact with people. She's home all alone. Or your sister's a spy to keep an eye on you. Right. Well, and the sister didn't even want to go. Right. Uh, the son obviously didn't want to take her. But you could see them basically trying to avoid the conflict. Right. The mom is is forcing us to go, so we will go. Right. Uh, but again, it's no drinking. It's supposed to be a school barbecue is the way they describe it. Yeah. We had a lot and, of those school barbecues when I was in theater arts at old PSHS. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> uh, so they go, and it's it's total just debauchery. People, there's no parents anywhere. Obviously, of people are it's drinking nonstop. Party. No one's going to a party if the parents are there, right? Um, he's desperate to go upstairs with the girl in class that he has a crush on and smoke some weed, but Charlie wants to come with because she doesn't know anybody. She's nervous. Right. Blah, blah, blah. He tells her, "Look, they're making a cake in there." Which seemed very bizarre. As we do at high school parties, we bake. Oh, they were well, baking. They, you know what? It's 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 Utah. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. That sounds like They're... an LDS party if you if you take away the weed. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, so they're making a German chocolate cake. Earlier in the movie, they established that although Charlie eats nothing but chocolate all day long, she is deathly allergic to nuts. Of any kind. Who the hell puts nuts in a chocolate cake? It's not a brownie. It's a German. It's a German chocolate cake. Okay, first of all, it was not a German chocolate cake. They put. They were crushing up about ten thousand tons of walnuts 
into this damn thing when they, when we first walk in. Oh, now, did you? I didn't even, but, but the German chocolate cake has that caramel frosting. This had chocolate frosting. It was basically right. It was it was a chocolate cake full of walnuts. Uh, I totally missed that up. And and the other thing they established early in this film that even though they have a child who's going to drop dead from nuts, they never carry an EpiPen. They never carry an EpiPen ever because she was having a situation at the funeral. Well, no, they were concerned. She was again eating chocolate in the middle of the field. She pulled a chocolate bar out of her pocket, and everybody's very concerned. Does that have nuts in it? No. Does that have nuts? Because we don't have an EpiPen. No, no nuts. No nuts. This time, it is literally like if you're looking at this slice of cake and you see why she's eating it, the nuts are visible. They are huge chunks of nuts. So in order to get her off his case, he's like, go have some cake over there. I'm going to be upstairs hanging out with my friends. She goes, gets a slice, eats it, and immediately has a reaction. He's upstairs blazing away on the bong. She comes staggering in, and it's clear she's having, you know. She's wheezing. She can still yes. talk, but she's wheezing. And, uh, uh. You know what? He, That's what you get, little girl. If you can't manage your own allergies by noticing there's giant effing nuts, that, then that's just God calling you home. That's what I'm saying. There are huge, visible nuts in this thing. Anyway, so he immediately realized what's happening. He grabs her, jumps in the car, but he's high as a kite. He is basically he's driving like a speed demon. I think he has a, some kind of a tolerance to this uh, magical weed. He's going 90 miles an hour to the hospital because she's basically having a seizure in the back seat. She is kicking, clawing at her throat. She rolls down the window, sticks her head out, yep. opens to get to some fresh air. It, like what every mother tells you not to do. Right. Don't don't stick your arm out. Don't stick your head out. Because why, Kevin? Because they're getting ripped off, basically. Don't do Boom. it. Boom. So she sticks her heads out. He's going 90 miles an hour. Uh, these windy Utah roads. He has a freaking cell phone. Why is he calling an ambulance or call his parents? I, like, we're on our way to the ambulance. He does not do that. He, he's driving. There's something in the road. He swerves out of the way and swerves a little too close to a telephone pole while her head is out the window. And you can see this coming a mile away. It is Boom. The, oh, sweet Jesus. Pops her head right off. Boom. Boom. And if, oh, my God. Earlier in the movie, when he was driving by that telephone pole, there was a symbol carved into it, if you're paying close attention. I apparently was not. But, but once you say that, now I start... There's, like, weird graffiti everywhere. Because you're like, well, that's not English. Right. Like, well, what, what's happening? Well, the, the grandmother in the, in the casket was wearing, like, a medallion. That had this weird symbol on it. And you see Tony Collette wearing the same symbol around her neck from time to time. And then you'll see it written on things kind of randomly. And they don't really mention it until later in the movie. So he, it's clear what's happened. But he is high as a kite. And now he's in shock. Because he's just like, I know what's happened. But I can't deal. I was like, and, and this kid is obviously a genius actor and should have gotten the like, award. He, he was amazing because you can just see it. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Just go straight home. No, 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 no. Yeah. He goes straight home, pulls in, goes to bed, lays in bed, and you could see him just sitting there. And basically, you know, he was just awake all night. Just staring. Staring, staring. into space. And you could see like, 
you know, suddenly it's, it's daytime now. Like time passes and it's clear he has not moved. Eyes wide open. Mom's coming down the stairs. Oh, I got to go get some more paint for my dioramas. Gets in the car, discovers the body. You just hear her screaming. Screaming. Guttural on the floor, screaming. And this is also. Oh, it was this awful. was like chilly. Awful. It was awful. It was just chilly. Um, and this is, was kind of interesting because up to this point, you kind of thought Charlie was the star of the movie to a certain degree. She was kind of right? the focus of a lot of this stuff up to this point. And at that point, that's what I'm saying. It's the first turn where you're like, oh, she's not really the star. The focus slowly becomes clear. It's like, it's more about the sun now. Now, obviously, Tony Collette is the central protagonist, but you get the, it goes from being Charlie being the focus of whatever's happening to now it's Pete is the focus of what's going on. Right. Um, and th- things don't get better for Pete. No, they do not. It's like the more screen time means more bad things happening to poor old Petey. Ugh. Tony Collette, during this movie, basically sneaks out, says, oh, I'm going to go to the movies. But she's not going to the movies. She tries to go to these, like, um, grief counseling sessions. And I kept wondering, why is she hiding this from her husband? You think her husband which would is, be like supportive? Which is super, yes. Which is super weird. It was totally weird. Very- well, we see her go to one, and then we see her like apparently months later, almost go to another one. Right. She goes to one after her mom dies, and then months later she attempts to go to one after her daughter dies, and she decides she's not going to. But then we meet creepy Joan, who pops up. Hey, are you going in? We can go in together. Hey, I lost my son as well. Hey, maybe we could just talk, go, you know, have coffee sometime. Take my number. Just hard pressure. I was like, oh, this lady's lovely. So let me let me just ask you something yes. real quick and then you can go back to that. So do you find it strange that you're married with children and you just I'm going to the movies? Right. But you don't tell anyone that you're going to the movies. You just say that when you've returned in the middle of the night. Well, no. Early, the first time she goes, she's just like, hey, hon, I'm just going to go to the movies. This is how it works in my house. If I said, hey, yeah, not, not do you want right. to go? What, what did you see? How was right. it? What are you going to go see would definitely be the first follow-up question. But it's clearly that thing where it's like, don't ask me no questions. We've established... I'm just going to go do my thing. You suffer in silence. And, but it's there. There's clearly strangers living in right. the same house. There's no engagement between. Absolutely the two. not. Now, do you watch the handmaid's tale? Uh, yeah. Handmaid's tale. So Joan is Aunt Lydia from the handmaid's tale. The, the, the head, uh, uh, aunt, who is the one always torturing uh, what's her name on the handmaid's tale if you're paying attention right right madman lady madman lady uh exactly <laughs> so she i mean she went from kind of obscurity to me at least to really kind of a, a famous face in yeah. uh, in handmaid's tale so when she popped up in this i was kind of like oh that's interesting it's it's not just a random appearance though you know now this is a more important character basically exactly they don't throw in De Niro just to be a stranger walking in the back. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> so now, oh, Lord. 
So now Pete is kind of just in a trance, basically, most of the time. But every now and again, he'll hear, you'll hear that clicking sound. And he's just like, whoa, that's bad. What's happening? That's just bad. What's going on? And you also, uh, a few times earlier in the movie, there was like kind of this laser light that was appearing in people's rooms, kind of floating around. Oh, that, that was a really cool kind of uh, situation or idea or concept. Right. That, that, was, that was really cool. So there's all this stuff going on. What's going on? Uh, we don't know what's going on. Is Charlie, not Charlie, is, is Pete getting cuckoo? Is he really seeing this? Is he hallucinating this? Could be. We, we don't, don't know. know. Uh, so basically, uh, Joan bumps into Annie at the, what is the place called? I don't know, Joanne's or whatever, where she gets all of her supplies. Uh, if you're watching closely, the thing that Jones or that Joan is uh, packing into her car, you'll see a chalkboard, which will be important later in the movie. Dang, I I think I spaced out on this. So part. basically, what she says is, "Hey, um, I know you're going through a tough time. I'm going through a tough time too. However, I found this medium that I went to, and it allowed." Uh, Basically, allowed me to communicate with my dead grandson who died by drowning not long ago. You, I now er, earlier there was a flyer right. for this medium that got slubbed, shoved into the mailbox that that no one ever looked. That's at. correct. So she's like, "Hey, come to my house. I can. I'm now a medium. I went to one medium session, and now I'm and now wizard. I'm a wizard. I am basically Dumbledore." So she she. She agrees to go. She's like, okay, whatever. Even though she's kind of shocked and appalled at the suggestion. Yeah. And they sit down and they do this kind of seance thing. And she's like, well, here are the magic words. I already read them. I don't need to read them again. Uh, put your hand on this glass and I'll put my hand on the same glass and, and I'll say, hey, little Billy or whatever his name was. If you're here with us, Move the glass. And of course, the glass shakes a little bit. And then a second later, it's just like moving around the table. And there's a scene where uh, Tony Collette like looks under the table. And of course, there's nobody hiding under the table, uh, moving the glass. And she's like, okay, well, here's my chalkboard. Uh, you know, here's a piece of chalk. Little Billy, would you, you know, send us a message? And of course, it says, I love you, Grandma. It's full-on wizardry, because it's not like even Ouija board shit. It's like the, the chalk is standing up independently writing with no hands. And, and I'm not an expert on being a medium by any sense of the uh, <laughs> definition of the word. You're not? Not at all. So my understanding is, if you're a medium, it's just kind of an inherent ability. It's not something I can just teach you in one session. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe. It seemed awfully easy. seemed awfully easy. Hey... Here's the instructions. Say these words, uh, and then you can communicate with your child in your house as well. Uh, make sure everybody's in the house. Boom. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah. That was a big thing. Everyone has, everyone to, has be. to be there in the house. And you got to say the magic words. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so smash cut. She's waking everybody else up in her house in the middle of the night. Her, and they're like, fuck crazy mom not, not again, again. Not again the son is just kind of like whatever but but at this point gabriel Byrne is now like oh for goodness sake pissed. what are you doing honey he's getting 
Because she's like, I know our our daughter just died, but let's do a seance. It'll be a hoot. Wouldn't that be great? And let's involve our high school age son who's still So she says the magic words, and they all hold hands, and he the son is immediately reacting to it. Oh, did you feel that? What's that? What's happening? Uh, by uh-huh. the end, he's screaming. Gabriel Byrne is like, stop it now, Annie. Stop it. Enough. <laughs> now he's John Connery. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to stop it now, Annie. <laughs> um, so, and that later we discover that this, it was not a method of being a medium. This was some evil spell. This is like a full possession. Right. Like it's basically whoever the on. weakest person among you, the the demon payment will start to possess that person, and this is important because this is why uh, Joan didn't read the spell earlier. She just kind of said, "Oh, I've already read this. I read this while you were in the bathroom or whatever." Right. So mm-hmm. now, good yes. point, brother. Good point. I said the fact that she said oh this ch- uh, chalkboard belonged to little billy was a lie because we saw the chalkboard in her bag from Aaron brothers up. or whatever it was uh so yeah so things are starting also when um when uh tony collette walks into joan's apartment at first she sees that floor mat welcome and she's like oh my mom used to make floor mats just like these that should have been a red tipper because I ain't ever seen a floor mat like that. That's the kind of it looks like a pillow. Absolutely. Like why would you wipe your feet on that? And why would you need an apartment in an interior? Uh, I mean, why would you need a doormat in an interior apartment? Just to be nice. I don't know. It's kind of homie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. now he's he's seeing things. He's having episodes. At one point, he literally has an aneurysm in class with a crazy facial expression. Starts banging his head. Oh, that was that was so that was upsetting. a rough that scene. Was, that was bad. Not to mention their uh, house is now stinking to eye heaven. Gabriel Byrne comes home from work. Oh, what is that smell? Annie, what are you working on? I would on? investigate. I would investigate. Absolutely. Freaking Gabriel Byrne. Absolutely. Do something. He's getting. You see him like typing an email to some psychiatrist, going like, "I think my wife is going through a mental breakdown. Uh, please advise." Oh, so please advise. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. He, it, he picks up uh, Pete from school after his episode. And in his, the, the saddest scene, he's, like, just sobbing at the stoplight. Sobbing, sobbing at the horror his life has become. Right? Daughter's uh, dead. Uh, his uh, wife's uh, flipping out. His son is now banging his head on the on the desk at school having an episode. Wouldn't you? I was like, you're driving to a hotel, right? No. <laughs> exactly. Leaving town. Uh Annie, at this point, discovers there's a corpse up in the attic. They finally investigate the smell, or she does. There's that... Okay, shit would be dripping from the ceiling, It'd be man. pretty bad. That's some bad decomp. She, found, she sees that weird symbol on the board, and again, on the wall in the attic. So now she's starting to put it all together. Like, she sees the uh, photo album. Oh, Joan was a friend of her mom's. Uh, she's starting to find books on, like, spiritualism, like... All sorts of weird, like, demonic imagery is popping up. Um, she's starting to figure it out, what's going on. So she, when, uh, when Steve arrives with their son, 
They throw the son in bed. She promptly shows the body and says, I think I know what's going on. Uh, my mom tried to possess, you know, is trying to possess people. You know, something's going on here. But if we burn this sketchbook earlier. Wait, wait. First, she sends Gabriel upstairs. Check it out. Go see. Go check it out. Make sure I'm not losing my effing mind. And he's like, you hear him up there going, what the <laughs> I, I would have been on 911, 911. I don't care who put it up there. I'm not dealing yes. with this. Somebody's going to sort this out. Why didn't you call the police, honey? Well, if my wife uh, yes. is so crazy that she is digging up her dead mother, which would require some kind of a forklift. You're right. And clearly, she's gone out of the house more than then they showed us you know well, what he, i mean she's gone all yes. the time not just these two times he got the call earlier in the movie saying that the grave had been desecrated basically and he didn't tell her because he didn't want to upset her basically right but now he kind of thinks oh you're the one who dug her up all this time i thought i was protecting your feelings now i know you're you're totally nuts you're you're the nuts. one and quite frankly it's it's a difference between the grave has been desecrated or someone has stolen her body, and the police would have been absolutely. Involved. There would have been questioning, all sorts of things. Um, but earlier in the movie, uh, little Charlie's sketchbook, where she draws these scary pictures in life and seemingly in death, uh, it would be like it, it'd be like demonic Shel Silverstein. Basically, that's what the pictures. I mean, frankly, that's like. Shel Silverstein anyway. So I don't know. Well, there you go. Uh, Earlier in the movie, she tries to burn the sketchbook and she notices her own like arm or sweater arm catches fire. So she's like, oh, I can't do this. But by this point, she's so at her wits end. She's just like, Stephen, if you throw this book in the fire, I'll burn up and then the problem will be over. I'm willing to sacrifice myself. Stephen's like, I can't do this anymore, Annie. I can't. She's like, you're, he's like, you're fucking nuts. This isn't helping you, Annie. So she finally flips, grabs the the flip book and tosses it in the fire, but she doesn't burst into flames. Old Steve bursts into flames. F- boom. Totally immolates. And, and at this point, I was still convinced that she is crazy. Yes, but when he catches fire, she immediately goes into like a fugue stake. And you only see it for like a second. Right. She, uh, well, Yes, but that that goes in with the I'm crazy. It was not until the sun comes downstairs that I realized. Right. It's, it's this is where it takes crazy. another turn. This is where it takes right. another turn. So eventually Pete wakes up in his bed, right? And is wandering around. Yep. And if you're paying attention in the darkened room, you see creepy Tony Collette now like on the ceiling. Like a, like spider, a spider hanging upside down in the corner. Yep watching that's when you realize oh i i don't think insanity gives you superpowers no. unless it's that one movie what was that one movie split <laughs> that's true okay that's that's the only example <laughs> so now she's chasing him around the house he finally goes up into the attic to flee and there's naked people yes. everywhere this is this is full-blown rosemary's baby old unattractive naked people pop it up the, the sentinel's sentinel. another one uh, naked people just standing around, smiling at you. 
and powdered white for oh, some God reason. help me. So she runs upstairs, or he runs upstairs and pulls the attic door closed, and you hear thumping, pounding on the door. And you think she's pounding with her fist? Oh, no, she's pounding with her head. She is, oh, my God. That like was a jackhammer. Another super yes. creepy thing. She's hanging up there. She's got her claws and her toenails. She's clinging the ceiling. to those attic yes. stairs. Banging her head like a woodpecker. Yes. Ooh. Awful. Um, so then he goes, he's up there. He's crying. Mommy, I'm sorry. That oh was awful, God. too. Awful. That was awful. Awful. So he's crying. He's very upset. He looks around, sees the, the, uh, the symbol on the wall. The body of the grandmother's missing now. And then I had this. I had this on subtitles. You hear, it literally says, squelching sound. And you're like, what the heck is that? He turns around and he sees Tony Collette's body floating there with a piano wire. Ugh. Basically slicing her head off. Sawing Awful. it off. Because it's like. Awful. And it goes on and on. And her blood just squirting. And evidently, if you're watching closely earlier in the movie, when uh, the kid is wandering around the, the house, you see the piano is like knocked over. And the top is open. So she literally plucked a piano wire and is slicing her own head off. Awful. He flips out because then there's the naked people again. He jumps out the window uh, from the attic, crashes down on the lawn. Boom. Then you see the little blue light flickering, flickering, flickering. Enters his body. He goes up to, he stands up looking kind of confused. Walks to the treehouse. Because he sees where Tony his Collette, freaking mother's body floating over that's into what the treehouse. He- headless body. Headless body. And one thing we didn't mas- mention is his mother keeps sleeping in this treehouse. Whenever traumatic yes. events happen, she has like those Costco heaters an inch from her head cranked up yes. and she sleeps in the treehouse. Well, there are those sad moments where uh, they're in bed together. She's, like, sitting there wide awake. Gabriel Byrne kind of reaches over, puts his hand on his shoulder comfortingly, and she immediately gets up and goes, I'm going to go. I'll see you later. (laughs) He's like, you won't be back. You're taking your blanket. So, it's it's sad. There's, like, horrible family drama, like ordinary people. And then horrible demonic possession movies. All swirled oh. together, basically, is what it is. So, so now uh, Pete, the possessed Pete, goes upstairs. There's all these naked people there. Thankfully, Joan is wearing a smock or something, so that's one less she thing I have to worry about. Contract. She is not naked. I ain't walking around naked. Thank goodness for that. And they're the headless bodies of uh, of Annie and her mom kind of prostrating, like everybody's like like bowing, prostrating themselves. Uh, Joan walks up and puts a crown on Pete's head, but now calls him Charlie. I know things are a little confusing now, Charlie, but you are now Payman. Basically, what they say, like flipping through the books earlier, it's like whoever kind of gives a body to this demon Payman will get honor and wealth. That's what they're looking for. Basically, this this cult, which evidently the, the grandmother right. was the head of, and her whole life was trying to, you know, figure out a way to find a human form. It had for to this be demon. a male she tried form. It, right. 
it covets a it's a male, the demon's male, so it covets a male form. But what was happening, evidently, if you go back, she was trying to get it to possess, I guess, first her husband, right? Years ago, the grandmother's the grandfather, then the right. brother, Charlie. Okay, that didn't work. When she couldn't get her hooks into Pete, she kind of did it to Charlie for a temporary girl. resting so, place. But it seems like this kid, the whole time we're seeing little Charlie, the girl, it's actually, she's possessed by payment. Wouldn't you uh, say yeah, that's probably say true? I that the Charlie, the little girl, doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It's always been. But the demon's not happy being in the little girl's body. So as soon as they were able to, uh, they tried to move it on over to, uh, to Pete. Which but they some, succeeded for some in doing. reason, it has to follow this bloodline. I guess. Because I mean, the biggest question sense, would be, why it? wouldn't you just put it on the father? Right. That's true, too. Or <laughs> anybody else. Kidnap, kidnap or run away. If you're really, you know, anyway, not advice. Uh, but if you're watching, if you look at the, the people who are worshiping the demon, you'll see people that you've noticed throughout the movie. In fact, one of the people is one of Pete's stoner friends oh, from underneath the bleachers. That. How, yeah. how do you get teenagers to keep secrets? They're they're all in on it. Give them a little weed and oh, say, "Don't tell nobody." See, now I feel like like I need to watch this again, but not right away because it was too trauma- traumatic. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm probably good. I'm probably good. I don't know if I need to see this again. Any other observations I mean, that you made so, that you want to share? It's very interesting. So this demon just seems so detached. It's not like mm-hmm. uh, like the later Omen films where where he it actually it's like a super later one where he was like trying to live a normal life, but you would think okay you're this demon so so then what then what are are you going to be the president? Right. What is it that this dude is going to be doing here on Earth? Because growing up, totally detached and confused. Again, jumping into a new body, detached and confused. He didn't see Yeah, I mean, living, he, living his life as a middle school girl, basically. Well, is that what he wanted? Now he's, he's a boy, and he's still confused. And right. they're still referring to him as Charlie. So is it Charlie right. or is it payment? Is it both? Is it both? It ain't Pete. Pete's gone sure. bye-bye. But was super creepy is the dead grandmother's body has somehow walked yep. its way over there and is now bowing yep. before the image, along with his chopped up mother head bowing. And then they're all bowing yep. to this, this clearly giant assemblage, but instead of the bird head, it is. Is it Ma- Grandma's head? Is it Charlie's head? We don't know. It's all pickled up. That's Char. That's Charlie's, Charlie's head. head. That was Charlie's all head. Up yes. And rotten. Also, the other thing we need to be Just aware gross. of is part of this assemblage stuff that she was doing, that Charlie was doing. Uh, is this actual scene right now? Yep. <laughs> Um, I have to say, I saw this in the theater and I, like I said to you earlier, I found it, people love this movie. They thought it was dynamite. I thought it was, I didn't find it scary, 
so much as like it's upsetting upset. and disturbing. Yes, uh, you you know what I mean. It was like at no time was I like, oh, I'm terrified. It was I, just I more like afraid uh, it was going to happen to me. It, it it it's you just have a knot in. It's like uncut gems where you just have a knot in your stomach the whole time. Right. That's basically what it is. I mean, he talks Ari, Ast- Ari Aster, who uh, was the director and writer of this, and w- went on to do uh, Midsummer, which was another big uh, horror hit. I haven't seen it yet. Because it's on my the list. description is vaguely like another uh, Wicker Man, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Wicker Man. That's what I heard. Uh, he talks about initially this wasn't going to be a horror movie at all. It was literally just going to be this family drama, and then somewhere along the lines, he decided to change it into this kind of Rosemary's Baby Ooh. kind of situation. Um, there's a lot... At the end, there's a lot going on which doesn't get explained. You know what I mean? Where it is like, what's the significance of everybody chopping their heads off? Yeah, why is I'm that not important? sure why that's important. I don't know. You know, why, why is Gabriel Byrne bursting into flames? Why is that, why is there right, that so, significance? So the cheater, you know what I'm the saying? The cheater in me looked up some interviews. So... Basically, in okay. order to totally possess the, the, the body and make it an open vessel is you just have to grind these people down. You're just, you're creating the empty vessel. So you, they're just so traumatized and so weakened by the horrors that keep, that they, they have no longer have an ability to, to fight off the possession. That's the explanation. Right. So anything that was going to get in the way to support them or to provide any kind of solace or help had to be eliminated. And they didn't seem to have any friends or support system of any kind. They had crazy Dementor Mom. You got everybody's weird. Nobody wants to go to the weirdo house. I'm just surprised there was no bullying going on. Hey, like, what the fuck is wrong with your sister? She's crazy. Well, I mean, truly, Pete had right. his stoner buddies that he, but evidently one of them was a, yeah. a cult member. Yeah. So who the heck knows? Um, let's jump right into. Lay it on me, because scenes. beyond like some of the, the director's interview stuff, which weren't that helpful. You know, they always want to make them sound more uh, complex than it really, really was. Well, in case you don't understand the meaning of the ending, well, we understand the meaning of the ending. We're just not always that satisfied. The meaning of the ending is, hey, you're now the demon king. The end. Why is that confusing? Right. No, I, I, I get that. And frankly, there will yeah. be no answers here and behind the scenes. Uh, one thing I want to say is they originally showed the trailer for Hereditary. Uh, during uh, uh, a screening what? of Peter Rabbit. Yeah, yeah it was a mistake. And people ran out of the theater screaming. So it was very upsetting. <laughs> I mean, it's an upsetting movie. Uh, pretty much. Uh, Tony Collette had told her agent she did not want to do any more because dark and heavy movies. Because she's a new movies. screen queen now. Basically. But she read this script and thought it was so powerful that she felt compelled to do the movie. You're telling me. Uh, Alex Wolf, who plays Pete, uh, had previously worked with Gabriel Byrne in uh, that show In Treatment. Huh. I think it's on HBO, where uh, Gabriel Byrne is a therapist. Maybe uh, this is like, and... like it's all together. Like, this is In Treatment, and this is what Gabriel Byrne's going home to. <laughs> uh, pretty much. 
Pete, uh, Pete and uh, Charlie had actually already knew each other. They went to oh, school. Oh, how weird together. is that? Uh, huh? So they they had kind of a yeah, and they actually uh, to like kind of flesh out their character and build the rapport. The director had them go to like lunch together in character. Where was Millie or uh, Charlie sitting there, kind of in silence, while Pete tries to get her to speak oh, God. for hours on end? That's how they developed. Yeah. So uh, Ari Aster said he wanted to make a film about suffering that took suffering well, we all seriously. From it, that's for sure. I'm, still, I'm still having a little PTSD right now just talking about it. I I'll tell you what. I watched this movie, then promptly went to bed oh. at like midnight. Not not that a restful seems a sleep. bad idea. Not a restful sleep at all, especially because there's a lot of sleepwalking uh, uh-huh. messages in the movie, and then there's things you're in bed and you're seeing things. I'm just like, oh, you were scratching at the neighbor's door in the middle of the night, were you? Like you woke up and you were was, like six miles away. I was afraid I was going to look up and see Tony Collette crawling on my ceiling, ah! so I said, "Okay, enough. Good times." Any last thoughts for life? I say, oh. I say go check it out, friends. If you haven't already, although we already spoiled it all, uh, I say good times, good times. It's it's a very well made movie. This is this is a book club. I I, re- I view this show as a book club. Of so course. people should write in oh. if they have a different of opinion. But uh, I thought it was uh, just I was like I'm glad I, I watched it at three in the afternoon. That's all I have to say. Very well-made movie. Not something I'm dying to ever see again. Let me just say it like that. Mm. So there you have it. Thank you very much. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast. Email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We are or hit, we're on the Twitter. I said that. Oh, did you? Thanks for listening. I'm on Twitter, too. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, too. Oh, sorry. I'm the, I'm the cult of Aaron. She is the cult of Aaron on Twitter. Also, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So like, share, review, rate. Only if it's a five. Please do. Give us a five. Give us a five, for friend. For God's sakes. So thank you for joining us and be well. Peace out, brother. Peace out, brother.